Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Uh, We're talking with my friend Patty Valero. If you don't know anything about Patty, she's an adaptive golfer. She is... uh, uh associated with a uh, heroes unlimited if i'm still correct a uh, golf scramble league um she goes to tournaments now and competes against uh the open tournaments not the adaptive tournaments and she lends a big hand to people getting started in golf very supportive of them and uh she's a good lady too so there you go how's that did i did i pump you up enough there what a great intro. Thank you. <laughs> so now we got some fun. We kind of brought this over from my other show. This is we do a thing called the lightning round, Patty. So you got to be on your your best behavior here. Not really this part. You can swear in this part. We don't have to edit it out if you want to. Woo-hoo. Uh-oh. Big fun. OK. Um, what was your biggest doubt when you first picked up a golf club? If I could hit it, if I could use it, yeah, that was my biggest doubt. If I, if I could use it, if I knew how to use it. If I made you the supreme leader of golf for one week, what would you declare as supreme leader? Oh, wow. Supreme leader of golf. Yep. Everybody had to adhere to your decrees. What would you do? That you allow everyone to play. Yeah, there you go. I like that. I like the sparkle in your eyes when you say that, too, because <laughs> you, you just lit up when you said that. So that was very cool. Um, do you remember the worst tournament you ever had to play in? Uh, absolutely. I, I remember the absolute worst tournament I ever had to play in. Do you want to know what it was? Oh, absolutely. Um, it was supposedly a friend put me in a tournament with his highly intoxicated wife at seven thirty in the morning her into highly intoxicated friend and their uh obvious uh doting friend uh who they didn't know how to play golf at all and uh we were the lead group in this tournament. And I was playing very well and probably playing, making some of the best shots I've ever made, of course. And uh, they were just laughing and falling over. He would run back and pick the ball up for them. 
and they used my ball everything and they finally just quit on the fifth hole and walked off and I'm just sitting in my cart by myself so that was the absolute worst tournament and so I had to wait for everybody to come in and get their food after it was over now it's about six o'clock when everybody came in the clubhouse highly intoxicated they descended upon the food I figured I'd let them go first because they actually played by the time I got up there, there was about literally four pieces of cheese left. <laughs> so that was the worst tournament I've ever played. And I never played in it again. See, I wouldn't have been that gracious. I would have. I mean, if they walked off, they walked off. But when it came to the food thing, I'd have been right there. No doubt. I'd, yeah. I'd have hit the line first, you know? Well, well, yeah, but I didn't. So. I know. I know. Did, did you think about playing? using it as a practice round, so to speak. And you could, if they walked off, you had three more shots on every shot. If you wanted to do it. No, no, I'm, I'm just too much of a competitor. It was a team sport. Um, you know, I, I just couldn't do that. It was, it was done. I mean, our team was done. Uh, I couldn't just leave because the person I came with had the keys to the car. He was in the group two behind us. So, I, I was kind of stuck. Yeah, I was just kind of stuck, and I wasn't going to sit there and drink. But you know, we were done by ten o'clock. So, you know, and, and like I said, everybody else got in the clubhouse at like six. So I had to sit there from ten to six. Oh Lord! Oh. Drinking grapefruit juice and eating Ritz crackers. So. You remember <laughs> was, the? Yeah, I bet. It was, you, it was you, great. Do you remember the best tournament you ever played in? Yes, I'm playing in it in two weeks. Absolute best tournament I've ever played in. Um, it's at Isle del Sol. It's a special opera operations warfare fund tournament. Um, it is the most tremendous tournament I've ever played in and great swag bag, but best tournament ever. Um, and I sat, I met Dan Healy's son last year. Um, he was sitting right next to me at my table and didn't know who he was. And he was the, the, uh, guest speaker. And when he was talking about his, you know, his last phone call with his father, uh, you know, of course his father was overseas and then his father was killed the next day. I sat there just crying the whole time. <laughs> I know I'm that doesn't sound like the best tournament, but it was the most impactful tournament. And I, I'll never forget that tournament. And so I'm kind of like their guest every year. And they treat me. I mean, they, as soon as I drive in the parking lot, there's a guy running down to grab my bag. You know, so they, they just treat me very, very well there. And everybody is just, just so wonderful. And it's just um, meeting so mil many military people who are generals and um, who are retired. And a lot of guys are still active duty and talking to them and hearing their stories and i haven't met i'm the only disabled person there but i don't feel disabled adaptive golfer there but i don't feel that way because i'm amongst people that understand it yeah you know so that's probably my best tournament that i that i have been in and that i look forward to every year well good for you is it raining there um it, how do you know that because i can see the drops are you kidding me no yes like 
kind of. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's Florida. I mean, it's, what is it? It's almost four o'clock, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's about normal. It, it rains the same time every day. So well, at least it's consistent. It's consistently consistent, as my old captain would say. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, what's your favorite is it messing movie? Anything up? Is it messing anything up? No, 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 okay. not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I'm I'm dry and warm, so I mean I'm oh, okay. fine. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, Doesn't bother me. What's your favorite movie? My tombstone. Very good. I like that. Um, would you consider yourself a formal wear or a sweatshirt kind of gal? Sweatshirt. You know, it's amazing how many people say that. And they, and they, if you see them on TV and stuff or whatever, they're very dressed properly, you know, if you will. And then all of a sudden, uh, they show up for this interview and they've got old t-shirts on hats that look like they've been out farming the bottom 40 in them and stuff. Well, so. they probably have managers or agents or whatever, or sponsors or, you know, and they've got to, they've got to have that persona, you know, they've yeah. got to have that, that look. And uh, me, no, um, I have one dress and I just bought it because my son took me to uh, a very fancy restaurant for my birthday. So there you go. Well, you won't wear it out if you only wear it once a year on your birthday. That's right. That's you right. <laughs> it was a great deal. Um, do you have goals that you've not shared with anybody? We all do. Uh, but I'm fortunate because nobody asked me that and I wouldn't answer it if they did, but you're on the hot seat here today. So do you have goals that Patty Valero hasn't shared with people. And if they, if you do, what would one of them be? It would be to go to like Wyoming and stay at a dude ranch for, you know, four or five days and go out go riding with a group horseback, sure. out, eat tent, tent, the whole deal, just like the Cowboys did. That's my thing. I guess it's not a goal. That's a dream. So a goal, a goal of mine, a goal, 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 goal. Oh, I know what a goal would be. A goal would be to play on like a, a celebrity pro-am, like on television. And okay. as an adaptive golfer and have people see that and go, it can be done. Oh, yeah, it can be done. And you're at the forefront of it. Um, maybe we'll have to work on that. Yeah. Get, some, get some press releases out for you or something. Yeah. You know, do we'll that. do it at the same time I do my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm going to send you uh, a box of legal pads just yeah. to get you started. Thank you. Yeah. And a box of pens. Big pens are the best. So, Good. yeah, we can do that. Um if you had a message to deliver, Patty, to people, uh, whether it's about adaptive golf or whether it's just about life, what would Patty's message be? That everyone, no matter who they are or what they believe or where they live, 
what color they are, or their religion, have feelings. Yes. And those feelings can be elevated or they can be hurt. And when you hurt those feelings, you do you destroy some part of that person. So don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. All right. Here's some fun stuff. Okay. What's your what's your favorite food? Barbecue. What kind? <laughs> you like four. ribs, brisket, burgers? Well, all of it. All, all of it? Okay. All of it with hush puppies and hot sauce. I'm done. Okay. You're a true Southern girl. Yeah, a little coleslaw. Yep. Uh, that's good. Um, Ford or Chevy? Oh, Chevy. Okay. Um, sometimes people get really adamant about that question, man. They just go off and like, oh, you can't do anything but a Ford. You know, whatever. Okay. Um, um, so, you, so you like Fords and you like sweatshirts and you like this. So what's your favorite mu- music? Do you have a group pretty, or a I'm genre? Pretty, well, I'm pretty eclectic in my musical taste. Uh, ser- seriously. Um, but if I had to pick something, it would be, I really, really like Billie Holiday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like Billie Holiday. I really like that old timey kind of jazz. I know it sounds kind of depressing kind of music, but it's music with a message and feeling. So I'm getting back to feelings again. So um, that's that's the kind of genre I like. Cool. I like that. Did you ever play an instrument? I did. What'd you play? What'd you play? Flute. Oh, you're like Ian Anderson and Jethro Tull. Yeah. You know. Sure, absolutely. I did. I played flute in my high school band. You miss that at all? I actually do. I enjoyed playing it. I considered actually buying another one and just playing it. And I didn't, uh, I mean, I know how to read music. Um, but I, uh, what do they call that? Um, when you don't, you can just hear music and play the song. Yeah. Yeah. You can they call that play them by ear. No, well, no, they, they, yeah, but my son plays guitar that way. Tablature. I could do tablature too, but, um, so that That's was a- always, a hot, that was always a hot seat for me when I was in high school because, you know, he would give us quarterly exams and we'd have to go up in front of the band and he'd put a sheet of music up in front of us that we had never seen before. And you had to play it. <laughs> so what? he would just start going off. But I made it like a jazz thing. Mm-mm-mm. Kind of scat. I, I, I bet you pull did. it out. He just pulled the music out. He just ripped the sheet out from in front of me. And then somebody who's really good would go out and play and it'd be like the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> <laughs> We had a, we, we had a, I played the trumpet um, nice. and um, we were having a, me and the guys in the trumpet section were having a really tough day. You might say focusing on what we were supposed to do. I just remember this. And we had a band <laughs> band guy, his name was Joe Barr. And we started playing and he stopped and he said, 
okay, just the trumpet section play. And we started playing. He said, stop. Then he went individually like that. And after each one, he'd say, stop, stop, stop. And then he, at the end, he goes, trumpet section, just don't play today. <laughs> that, was, that was the end of it. You know? Well, if you find a piano player and someone who plays the bass, we can start a, a, a what is it called? A quartet. A quartet. We can just like travel around and boom, 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 boom. I got it. That's that's my goal. We can work, work, play golf in the day, and work the bars at night. As soon as we're done. Yeah. As soon as we're done, we'll go on to the you know 19th hole, and there we go. I've got to figure it out. There you go. We can do that. I I hate to tell you that I used to, I I haven't played in years, but I also played the guitar and the piano. So. Ooh, and, I took piano lessons, but oh, I hey, I took I have scars on my knuckles from where my piano teacher we used to whack me like the nuns, you know, with a yeah. pencil on your hands. So um, she's like, keep up in time, bah, 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 like that. It makes yeah. you want to play really well, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It's kind of like golf when you're playing with people who are constantly. You hit that fat. You hit that thin. You didn't do this. You didn't hit it an inch behind the ball. You hit that makes you want to play with them again, right? Oh, absolutely. Or it, it, and it turns some people away from the game. I've seen that. I've I've seen people just go forget it. I'm not playing again anymore. If this is the way people are when you go play, then I'm just not playing anymore. I've seen I, that happen. I've so. got a dear friend that he's a real <laughs> shitty golfer. Okay, I mean I am not great at all. But he's a real shitty golfer. And I can does he say know that, that you, does he know that you feel that way about him? Oh, yeah. I tell him. OK. Anyway. Right. Anyway. Um, but he always feels the the need to tell me, like, well, you picked your head up on that shot or you. you... And then I take my five wood and out drive him with his driver by, you know, 30 yards or something. So okay. right. I, I don't uh, I don't pay much heed to it if you follow that. but. No, I, I know that. I know that. And some people do and some people don't, you know, but, you know, you have to, you, you know, golf is a very prideful game. Yeah. It's a very prideful game. And, you know, you think and a lot of, you know, if we all knew that we were picking our head up, we wouldn't pick our head up. Okay. I mean, come on. We know after the shot is done that we picked our head up. We don't need three people telling us or even one person saying, oh, you picked your head up. I know I picked my head up. That's what I would say. Yeah. Thank you very much. I know I picked my head up. So instantly now you've got that. <laughs> and that's not what that instant <clears throat> in you. And you don't need that when you're walking up to your next shot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why pro golfers are so much better than we are. I'm just going to put this out there. This is my thinking might not be right. But I think that's why they're better than we are. It's because they walk. They get a really crappy shot because they do talk smack between themselves. I know they do. Oh, yeah. But they have that time to walk between the hole and let that stuff go. Because you'll see them sometimes when they're walking after they've done a bad shot. And one of them might have a club in his hand. And he'll just be walking down the fairway doing like that, swinging the club as he's walking. Getting that bad energy out. And then he's walked up there. He makes his next shot where we make a bad shot in the cart down there, make the next shot. Gotta hurry up. People behind us. Gotta make the shot. Gotta, gotta. 
you're all tense and tight. You make a bad shot. That's where I think the difference is. That's my thinking. I don't know if it's right. Oh, I think it's right. I mean, if you look at Tiger, for example, and when he would hit a bad shot, you know, he'd swear a little bit or he might slap the club on the ground. But by the time he got to where the ball was, that's all he was focused on was the next shot. That was it. Well, that's the best thing about taking practice swings. And I don't mean these people that take 70 practice swings, but that's the best thing about taking a couple practice swings. Let that energy out. Let it out. Yeah. Let that confidence in yourself. And you will make a better shot. I guarantee it. Well, you can also go over and kick the side of the golf cart. You only do it once, but you know, you can, you can do that. And if you kick it hard enough, it'll take your attention away from your bad shot because your big toe is now swollen up the size of a grapefruit. So, you know, it, it works like that. Patty, (laughs) it is, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you again. (laughs) It's so funny. I know it's always a joy to talk to you, Jeff. Always. It's it's great. Patty Valero, everybody. And uh, we thank you for listening. Keep your eye out on Patty's new projects coming up. Uh, when she gets them a little further in development, I will let you know. But Patty, thank you, dear. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green After Hours. Uh, be kind. Go play some golf. Take care, everybody. <laughs>